USC has had an interesting proposition. An NCAA tournament with all 356 Division I teams in it, and I guess he is on. Jimmy, are you there? James Earl Anthony King III. What's going on? There you go. There you go, son. We're both happening? wearing gray and black today. Nothing much. Excited about some college basketball. <laughs> I see I see All that uh, everybody's coming up for the sporting world. You got college football coming, the pros, professionals about to start, NFL start right. tonight. I mean, say, did you hear what women are doing to uh trick their man? They are what <laughs> women are doing is they're playing the Monday night football theme song. Dun, 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 dun. And the man is uh-huh. running down stairs to try to check it out and then it's like there's no football game and the man gets mad at the woman <laughs> well fight, man. anything anything to get the attention of a man especially away from football and sports if that's the mating call obviously the women have already figured it out <laughs> smart good move good move on their end now, somebody's going to get hurt, though, man. got to be careful. Some some dude might trample the children, run over trying to get that football game, man, because we're we kind of desperate for that stuff right now. Absolutely, and that's what I'm saying. It's here now. It's like, you know, there's no more waiting. I can't wait tonight. I'm going with uh, Patrick Mahomes for the victory tonight. I think he's going pick to pick up where he, where he left off. I believe in that young kid. Oh, yeah, he's tough. He's tough. Uh, I like I like this play, and you know Kansas City is loaded, man. They so they um, they're spending money they want. But here here is the thing. What about here's the thing that scares me about Patrick Mahomes, and I know you're going to deny it, but he just got all that money, and athletes. Always talk about, well, you know, I play for the pride. I don't play for the money. And they play, for, you know, they talk about all that bullshit. But when you first get a big contract, that motivation, a little bit of that motivation leaves. I'm not saying you don't want to win, you don't want to compete, but just a little bit. And I've had guys on the slide tell me this that no matter what they do, when they get that first taste, that big, big money, some of that desire leaves and there's just nothing they can do about it and that may happen with patrick mahomes this is bad but you know what i don't see that being an issue with patrick mahomes because he grew up in that type of environment his father was a professional baseball player uh he comes from money um he's used to that type of uh atmosphere so at this point, it's really second nature to him. It's his life. It's his livelihood. It's it's really who he is, uh, in my opinion. So it, I think this is – it will take him to another level. I think you're correct in most people when they get that big payday or they get that money, um, they kind of level off or, or regress. But I think Patrick is a different breed. I think it's going to enhance his play and the expectations of him even more. I think we're going to see him become more of a, um, even more so, and and it's too early to call him traditional quarterback, but 
um, you know, maybe making plays in the pocket more because they're so afraid of what he could do once he moves in in the pocket. He becomes more pro- prolific. I think he's going to be an anomaly when it comes to paying players and getting production out of him. Yeah, just let him do his thing. But, you know, sometimes we, we have talked about things that athletes never admit, and that's that's one of them. They never admit that the money changes them. Uh, I mean, nobody has ever admitted that to me on the record. But they will go say, hey, you know, we, we just talking here and say, yeah, you know what? That money, man, just changed me a little bit. I still want to go out. I still want to win. I, uh, I compete. I play hard. But there's just something missing now because I got that big money and it's guaranteed or some of it is guaranteed. It's just – one of the, you know, that there's hunger. a lot of things. Huh? It's that hunger. You're not as hungry anymore. Now you can eat. That's true. Instead of worrying That's about, right. instead of worrying about how you can pay for a $5 Happy Meal, now you can pay for a $500 buffet if you want, or a seven-course yeah, course meal. Five-star Two million a year, you can do that. Does it change from $2 million to... 25 million you can still pay for a 500 plate buffet if you wanted to no 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 there's a difference between having one million dollars in the bank after taxes versus 10 <laughs> that's a big difference well really you know how much money you need because it's a budget thing how much money you need to live off of per year like that that million dollars may be gone in 10 years no, that's true. A million dollars is not really, and it's going to sound silly, does not make you a millionaire because when you get that million, you've already spent some of it, so you're not quite there. But um, Yeah, Uncle I'm, Sam just, spent it. <laughs> Uncle, <laughs> Uncle, Sam, yeah, Uncle Sam is spent it. Of 500 to the point where you only get 560000 That's how much. You ever see guys in the locker room look at their paycheck and say, what the hell is all this stuff that they oh, yeah. out? Yeah, I was I was one of them. Did you get pissed? I remember, heck yeah, I was pissed. I remember the first time <laughs> I looked at my check and, you know, we, we were getting the physical paper checks. Well, although it was going direct deposit, we would still get the, uh, the paper um, uh, stubs. <laughs> so the first time I looked at it, I remember – Looking at the check and looking at it, and I was like, oh, yeah, like big payday. You know, it was like 16 grand. I was like, oh, yes. Like, I'm mm-hmm. I'm about to really set myself up with this. And then I looked down at the bottom line, and I started looking at the deductions. And and I was in Canada. So I got text or, or taxed um, more than I would if I was in the United States. So that $16,000 check was $8,000 after taxes. And then, then you have the Canadian exchange too, the American money, and that made it even worth less. <laughs> well, is that, is um, that actually, Canadian dollars, Canadian dollars is worth more, so I had to convert it. And even back then, it was up to like 50% more. So if the dollar, uh, if the U.S. dollar was a dollar if if the value was at a dollar the canadian dollar was a dollar 50 so if i had a hundred dollars or if i had a dollar i had a dollar 50 
instead of a dollar. So the conversion rate was more favorable, but um, the value still was the same. Yeah, see, we, we used to go to this place called Freed's. It was it's a men men's clothing store in Windsor, man. Uh, we we go over there get eight hundred dollars suits for four hundred and fifty dollars, and we just went over there constantly because they used to uh, advertise with our radio station. So man, you get like a uh, twenty five hundred dollars worth of clothes for like twelve fifty, man. It was it was pretty yeah. sweet over there. So that's what we used to do. <laughs> that's one of the perks. That's one of the best things. You can eat well, dress well, go out, uh-huh. have a good time. Well, you, it's 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 like um, uh, Mexico is one of the best places. Venezuela, uh, you get a lot of bang for your for your buck there. Um, the conversion conversion rate is even greater, uh, or it was at the time when I was playing um, in those countries than in, in Canada. <clears throat> All right. Well, you got me off track, which is good. It means yeah that you're engaged today. I love to see that, but. <laughs> What do you think of the ACC's proposal to have all 356 teams in the NCAA tournament? I mean, how long does that take to play? That's like a two-month tournament. And then you could your first-round game could be, I don't know, number six Michigan uh, at 28-6 and six against, um, I don't know, Northeast Oklahoma State at 12-16. and 16. Who the hell wants to see that? That sounds boring <laughs> to me. Well, that's that's what you, those are the type of mass, matchups you're going to get anyway. You're going to get those type of first round matchups, you know, the, the tournament. But the beauty about the tournament is that it's a one game tournament and or, or a two game tournament for the weekend. But it's really a one game tournament per game um, is, is, is cutthroat is do or die. So we've seen many upsets. We've seen teams that. uh had no business being or barely made it. I won't say had no business, but barely made it into the tournament and uh, go to the Sweet 16. Those are the type of stories that bring us back. That's what makes us fans. That's what makes us love the game. And uh, and that's what compels us to watch the game and to watch the tournament. So I'd watch it just because I, I understand how um, difficult it is to go through that grind and and how fun it is to watch when there are upsets and uh, unexpected things that go on and, and match matchups that become great games. Um, you know, you might have a 16 seed with a, or whatever seed with the number one seed and they take them to the brink and it's a last second shot and they could have lost because, you know, because of a butter buzzer beater, but it goes off the rim. Like that's what we live for. That's what I live for. That's what I love to, to watch in the game. So, if, I if that's that, <laughs> a lot of those games are gonna be like the women's basketball games, where it's like ninety-five <laughs> to twenty-eight. No, something ridiculous. Some of those games is gonna be upsets. It's gonna be some upsets. Basketball is different. Basketball is not know, like but football. Not the first round. It won't be in the first round. I don't know. You won't get don't sleep. But you you had mentioned teams that fought to get in the tournament. What about teams that just are going through the motions. If you get matter. all the teams in there, that means you're going to have teams in there with a two and twenty-eight record. Seen a game or two in basketball where there was somebody who was left off the scouting report, and someone's like, "Who is this kid?" And he lights somebody up. And even if they, even if he keeps them in the game or uh, takes it, 
takes the the opposing team to the brink. That's what I love to see. I love to see people step into the moment and carry a team. Like you can't tell me if there was a uh, a late developing LeBron James that had the ability to carry a team that got skipped over and is now with Southeast Oklahoma State and they play Duke, you know, uh, in wherever they propose to play, that there is a possibility that this team can can win? I believe so. Well, I also I, know, I, I know the, the better teams, I know some of you guys, you know, especially if a team, you're playing a team that's not good, doesn't have any star players, you may or may not look at the scouting report. Right. <laughs> exactly. And like, oh, man, you got to be like, man, I ain't worried about these guys crumbling up. Like, who, who recruited these kids? Oh, yeah, they're not on our level. But this is basketball. Mm-hmm. It only takes a hot hand. It takes one hot hand. I know. But didn't y'all beat Western Michigan by, like, 50 points one time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a game that we marked. I remember, and correct on the on the other end, other end of the spectrum, it does happen. I remember looking at that game, and it was in between, I think like Duke and uh, I want to say like Rice or, um, you know, somebody like that, Auburn, something like that. And uh, we looked at that game, and we looked at that at uh, that team, and we were like, we're going to kill them. Like if we if we don't if we don't beat them by thirty if we don't beat them by thirty that's a loss for us that's a personal right. loss for us so that that's how we stay motivated that's how we challenged ourselves a lot of teams so don't do we, that they don't they don't we went on and had to stomp the Broncos by fifty which which I don't mind because you know I'm not a big Western Michigan fan so if you want to beat them by fifty go ahead <laughs> just don't do that to my tip, man. That's all I asked. Yep. It was like 112 to 72. I remember because, um, it, like, that was a game in my mind that I called out. And I told my teammates, I was like, yeah, hey, we don't beat these guys. It was like, well, we're going to beat them by, you know, 20. I was like, 20. 20 is not enough. That's not enough for this team. We at least got to beat them by 30. <laughs> and we ended up winning by 50. Now, wh- one of the complaints – well, it happens in football, but in college basketball, too, is like if you play Western Michigan or Eastern Michigan, it's always on your home floor with your refs. They have absolutely no chance. And I know the institutions don't want to play at Eastern. They don't want to play at Western. But as a ball player, sometimes wouldn't you want to play at some of those away arenas just to get, you know, get – acclimated to being on the road or would you rather just play them at Chrysler all the time? I love playing on the road. I, I prefer playing on the road because I, I like being the bad guy. I love walking into the arena and 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 while they're jeering and cheering and yelling at you and all of that, I love that moment when you hit a jumper or you get on the break or throw an alley-oop or something and that crowd goes silent. I love it. Or where it's a heavy, tight game and the crowd, the energy is just going crazy. You got fans jumping all over the place and you go to the free throw line and you, you're you down one and you stick one and then the crowd gets on you even more and then you 
stick the next one, you go up one and the crowd just goes silent. That is the best feeling ever. That's why, you know, I tell kids today, you have to embrace adversity. You got, you can't always be comfortable playing at home. You got to embrace going on the road um, and just knowing that it's, it's literally your team against that community, that team, that university, that squad. And, uh, that's that's really to me what the competition is about. Yeah, I know uh, I, Isaiah Thomas. When I used to talk to him a little bit, he used to he used to say that he loved that sound when you whenever the Pistons went somewhere, every arena was loud because they wanted to see him lose mm-hmm. and they wanted to see him lose yeah. badly. Uh, but then they mm-hmm. they stick in the game. They 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 win it. He loved that sound at the end of a game after you beat somebody, particularly in the close game. Well, all you would hear were the screams of the 12 Piston players. Maybe Chuck Davis yeah. would say something. And then yeah. there's nothing. There's 18,000 nothing. You nothing. love that sound, sound, whatever you want to call it. And that's why I love Zeke. I think we're, we're alike in that manner. Thank you, Zeke. That's why he drafted me. He knew we were alike. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it going to those environments and – and really just, you know, snatch their hearts out. That's what I always wanted to do when I walked into Breslin or to Assembly Arena or um, on the stage in, in Minnesota or at Carver Hawkeye Arena. Like, it, it didn't matter. Even, you know, um, in the pros, going to Madison Square Garden. I got my first start in Madison Square Garden. I wanted a victory in there as my first start so bad. It didn't matter uh, that it's the Mecca or considered the Mecca. Um, that it is New York City, that it was, you know, these big names on the other scene, Patrick Ewing, you know, Xavier McDaniel, you know, those guys, Derek Harper, it didn't matter. Um, that Those are, you know, you can't shy away from those moments. You want to embrace those moments because that's how stars are born. You want to you wanna go against the best on, in, in the best time, you know, not when they're down, not when they're injured, um, not in the preseason, you know, you want them at their best. You know, the thing I found interesting is if uh, a team star player went down, that first game where he doesn't play, that team won a lot of games. I mean, I don't know if it was because the other team didn't respect him as much or because everybody bonded together, but then – the downfall would come later, maybe in game three, four, five, or six. But I never, you know, if, if I was a professional team, I never wanted to play that game right when a, guy, a star player was injured. Because that first game back, it was like everybody was all bonded and everything. And maybe in a way you don't respect that team as much, you don't play as well. Do you ever find that to be the case? It's both. It's, 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 it's because they don't have their guy. So you you kind of um, it's human nature a little bit to relax a little bit, and then it's also the other team where now they understand they're missing their star player or their go to guy. So it's incumbent on incumbent on everyone to step up, and that's what happens. And like you say, they'll go on a four or five six game tear, and then what happens is now the scouting report is adjusted, it readjusted. So now it's not as easy as it was before. You're getting the same scouting report 
prior to that four or five game streak with that star player. So it's a different preparation and um, it's a different uh, uh, chemistry. And, but when they all level out and settle out, you know, it, it shakes up one way or the other, or, or it's a combination saying that some teams step up and eventually, you know, they don't miss that star player until the playoffs. Right. It reminds me of a um, conversation I used to have with Mark McGuire, who played with the Detroit Pistons. And just now and then, you know, they'd be, they'd be on a roll and everything. And then they just lose by 20 to somebody, just out of the blue. And uh, he had a philosophy. He said that in professional sports, you don't know when it's going to come, but you know it's going to come. He said, you just spit out a bad one. And you, you just yeah. go out there and you just feel funny. Yeah and nothing goes your way no matter what you do, that this night we're going to lose by 15, 16, 20 points. Is there nothing you can do about it? Where does that come Mm -hmm. from? That is just – and that's what I was trying to explain when we first started about the, the lower seeds beating a higher seed. It's one game, and anything can happen. Just like you just said, you could go out there and for whatever reason, nothing's falling. You don't, you like your timing's off. You know, it's inexplainable. And it happens. It does happen. It happens occasionally throughout the year, a couple of times. So in college, that may be your day and that's it. But in pros, you get, you know, five game series, a seven game series. So usually the best team wins, but it happens. It's, it's inexplicable. Like, um, I just think it's, you know, it's really just your body and your mind just really uh, just saying, okay, you know, you may have a toughness groove. You may be on autopilot, but sometimes, you know, we have to reset or we have to uh, work through <laughs> whatever it is. And it and it happens. And, and, and as quick as it came, it goes away the same way. I tell you a dirty little thing I used to do when I covered the Pistons is I didn't bet on games except one. Uh, I would always put a little wager on the Pistons, their first home game after a West Coast trip because mm-hmm. Vegas, mm-hmm. I would say, this is a good team. They're going to win. They're going to win by eight points. No matter what the point spread was, I bet against the Pistons. And because I just think that first home game back is you, you're like you're in a fog. You don't feel right. You're on West Coast time. And no matter who you're playing, you're going to struggle that night. And usually I uh, ended mm-hmm. up winning, winning those bets. Because mm-hmm. I would come back and I would feel like I'm in a fog. These dudes are playing, and I figure they're going to they're gonna mm-hmm. feel worse than me. And a lot of times they did. And then I would – your fans say, what's wrong with this team? They don't care. And, and blah, blah. I said, no, these <laughs> dudes are jet lagged and they're all messed up yeah. and everything. But I don't think we really put that into, take that into consideration. Nah, and that's not even an excuse. Like, it is what it is. You got to play through that. And yes, you are tired. Yes, you are jet lagged. Yes, some days you wake up in a hotel, you don't know what city you're in. But, um, you know, going back to, uh, you know, what you were saying, yeah, they – It's other teams, when you're coming off that West Coast trip, usually, 
are sitting in their smart teams, are sitting there waiting. So they got a good night's sleep while you were actually in another city on the West Coast. They're staying in your city, laying and waiting on you. That's a great coaching uh, move and tactic. We used to do that. All right. Well, we are out of here. We're going to have another edition of King and Foster in a minute. And when we come back, should I go back to the gym? Now that the gyms are open in the state of Michigan, we'll discuss that next on the King and Foster show. I'm Terry Foster, and this is Jimmy King, who I call James Orthaw King the <laughs> Third, or whatever I call it. <laughs> we'll be Terrell back in a minute. James Foster. <laughs> there was actually a Terrell. This is a David Terrell David. at the University. Oh, uh, yes, David Terrell. That's right. Wide receiver. My mm-hmm. gosh, Chicago. Don't disrespect him. No.